Welcome to the Stories We Don't Tell. I'm Stephen. I'm Joey. And I'm Paul. And this is a podcast about storytelling. March 11. So, how'd it go? You happy with your haircut? Yeah, I like it. Good. It comes out to $35. How will you be paying? Uh, I'll put it on my credit card. We're facing each other, standing maybe two feet apart. She punches in the total and holds out the pay pad. She coughs. I instantly look up, too quick to conceal my reaction. What did my face show? Fear, shock, disgust, maybe even anger? Her face showed something too, guilt. She knows she screwed up. I think, why couldn't you just cough in your fucking elbow? How hard is that? But I stay calm, polite, complete the transaction and leave. Neither of us acknowledge what just happened. By this point, we have dozens of confirmed cases in Ontario. Where I live, a community of 135,000 people, just an hour outside of Toronto, were yet to have a confirmed case. But given what I'm learning about a lack of testing capacity, the possibility of asymptomatic carriers and so on, the real count is likely much higher. Could it be here already? I was hesitating about getting my hair cut all day. My hair was starting to get long, but to be honest, I mostly just hated my old haircut and wanted to fix it. Why can't people just give normal haircuts? When I think about it, this whole thing was actually my last hairdresser's fault. What's with this weird short on the side and then abruptly long on the top thing that every hairdresser seems to insist on doing, no matter what you tell them? Every time I get my hair cut, I take out my phone, show three different pictures of Christoph Waltz and say, this is what I want. I just want a nice, normal, boring haircut. But they all insist on giving you this weird cookie cutter hipster thing that, unless if you're using a pound of hair gel every morning, will inevitably flop over the wrong way and you'll just look like an idiot. I'm 40, please just make me look like Christoph Waltz. I had been following this thing on the news for a while and it was becoming more and more obvious that we'd soon have to stay home too. I figured if I don't get my haircut now, it might be a long time before my next one. March 15, four days after my haircut. The sun is shining, it's a beautiful day. I drive to my secret bird feeding spot with a pocket full of sunflower seeds. Chickadees and nut hatches fly right into my hand. Some take a seed and quickly fly away, some linger. I love these little guys. After a half hour of feeding birds, I do a four kilometer loop hike. March 16, five days after my haircut, my secret spot, such a simple pleasure feeding these birds, brings a smile to my face every time. I do the loop trail again, walk up the same hill as I did yesterday, but this time I'm winded, breathing pretty heavy. That's weird, didn't happen yesterday. March 17, six days after my haircut, I feel a little on the warm side. Take my temperature, 37.7 degrees, higher than normal, but is it cause for concern? Is it a fever? March 18, seven days after my haircut, I take my temperature again, 38. Fuck, a fever. On the low side, but it's definitely a fever. I managed to look up the person who coughed on me via social media and wrote her a brief message to ask how she's feeling. She said she started to feel under the weather several days ago. Fuck, a 
couple more days go by. Now I'm coughing up sputum. Come on, just breathe, Rob, just breathe. Why does my chest feel tight? Is that anxiety? Please be anxiety. And why the fuck did that previous hairdresser have to give me this weird hipster floppy shit? Am I gonna die because nobody seems to be able to give a simple fucking haircut these days? I showed her multiple photos of Christoph Waltz from different angles. How hard is it to just give me the Christoph? It's been two weeks now since I left my place. My recycling is starting to pile up in a corner. I went outside only once, just a couple of days ago, to feel some sunshine on my face. I use my shoulder to exit the front door of my building and use the tip of my key to press the wheelchair button to get back in. Don't want to touch anything in case I have it. Don't want to touch anything in case I get it. My temperature has been normal for several days now. I rarely cough and the tightness in my chest is gone too. I'm feeling less anxious. Did I get COVID-19? I don't know. Maybe I'll never know. My symptoms were too mild to meet the threshold for testing by kits that are in short supply. When I was at my most worried, I tried to calm myself by exploring my emotions. I took out the notes app on my phone and wrote, why am I so anxious? The answer came quick. I typed, because I don't wanna die. I decided to probe and asked, why don't you wanna die? I contemplated the question for a while and simply wrote, because I like it here. I then proceeded to jot down things that I'd miss, family, friends, and so on. Feeding those birds made that list. I'm looking forward to going back there again soon. carpet right. with the haircut yeah um yeah in and fact it, if it, i go to my camera roll right now to look I, i'm pretty sure they're mostly red carpet photos look at this none of them this is a red red carpet do you see that oh yeah that's him on the red carpet right that's great it's, look it's at very, this it's a man isn't yeah. he handsome and look at that haircut that's, that's all i want great yeah that's <laughs> not hard uh, that's all I wanted. It's not that difficult. Right. But that's not, that's not what she gave you. And then you had to fix it. And then you may have got the COVID because of it. There's no way of knowing unless if you get a test. But right now, you, you can't get a test unless if, and, and I support this, like given a shortage of, yep. of testing capacity, yes, let's prioritize healthcare workers, you know, people on the front line, et cetera. Uh, and then people that have more serious symptoms. But there's a giant question mark when it comes to people with like very mild or no symptoms you know being here just like even by myself that's one thing that i worry about a little bit is i'm like well when i i'm a bit confused at when what what is the threshold for being able to get a test i'm not feeling sick or anything like that but like is there a point where you're like okay i can be i can go in for i need to go get tested well, it's helpful if you're an NBA superstar. Yeah, yeah. If you or, are just basically famous at all. Like, I think basically or, you have to probably, like, you probably have to be bad enough to be hospitalized at this point. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Before they're going to, or, or, or at least, like, like oh, they've admitted certain now, like, 200,000 tests. So I imagine that's mm -hmm. not everyone being hospitalized at this point. But, like, I do think it's got to be, it's got to be bad. 
Like if you're like, and or higher risk. Like if you, yes. if you're like, like, you know, like if you just have a cough and you have the symptoms, but you're like, you know, not a high risk person, they'll probably just say, go home, quarantine yourself and get better rather than they, they're like a presumptive case. They have a, a website that I looked at, uh, and this was maybe a week and a little bit ago. So maybe my info is out of date, but at the time they did have like, it, it, you can get a test or you can be referred for a test if answering, if going through this questionnaire, like if your symptoms are so severe or there were some other ones like, did you travel, you know, outside of Canada, you know, and et cetera, et cetera. So there is a website you can go to as like a screener. Um, I think there's even like the next step might be like telehealth or something, or maybe you can go directly to telehealth. But um, anyway, the good news is from what I understand, I think we are kind of ramping up testing capacity, but I don't know. We were caught kind of flat-footed when, if we were paying a little more attention to what was going on in the world, I think we could have, you know, been been better off. But so, can I um, mm-hmm. can I ask uh, everybody? I like to hear from everybody because I was thinking about this thing, and this is something that we've talked about. We might have even talked about this already on a podcast, but I know we've talked about it in person. Is just. Um, you were sick. You were actually like, mm-hmm. you, know, you were sick and you were, but there's been, there, there's this um, sort of, uh, Joey, what did you call it? A generalized anxiety? Oh, generalized mm-hmm. anxiety. Yeah. yeah. W- where there's been times where I've just been lying uh, in bed at, you know, before I go to sleep and I'm like, oh my God, my chest feels tight. Mm-hmm. Or, I'm like, or I, I'll cough or something. And there's a, I, like, let's just like talk about that it's because I think it's good to talk about this stuff of just like you, you in, in that experience or that moment where, cause it is, anybody can get it. Like this is a, a, a total leveler. Like everybody is, could be exposed to this and everybody is, um, could get it. And what is everybody feeling about that? Or have you had those kind of anxieties or, or what do you, you know, how do you get yourself out of it or whatever? For what it's worth, my little trick was um, given that in most cases, a common element is a fever, and that's not true in in all cases, and it can vary, like maybe at times you have a fever, maybe at times you don't, but my like, okay, Rob, how much of this is in your head? How much of this can you objectively measure? And so for me, the tool was go to my digital thermometer, take two or three readings to ensure, you know, like that, that I don't have one bogus reading. And depending on what that's saying, like that, that can be reassuring, right? It's not conclusive, but it's this like, okay, relax, breathe. Maybe this is anxiety that you're feeling because you have this objective indicator. It's like outside of your head mm-hmm. saying, I don't know, 36.6. And that is, that's a great, like, that's where you want to be, say, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, the other thing maybe to add on to that, it was strange how like, so one, look for those tricks to get out of your head. Um, but then two, there was one point, especially towards the end of the story, I share this, where I was like, well, okay, what if I do die, right? And oddly, thinking about that for a while, thinking about like having, um, one, recognizing, well, I gotta go at some point, being grateful for all these wonderful memories that I had, you know, thinking of, of my childhood, thinking my grandmother, my father, all these people. And I'm like, you know what? That's, that's okay. That's okay. Like oddly, 
this acceptance of though a super improbable like you know statistically like i'm still i'm, I'm, a, I'm a good category to be in my symptoms were very mild etc but letting your mind go there and then i don't know you can there's some some acceptance to that like actually when i accepted that possibility i totally was much more relaxed well, yeah because I, I think there's something too like just writing it down or naming it when you said, mm-hmm. Oh, what am I, what am I um, afraid of? Or what am I scared about? And you just, you know, you're able to, to name it. And I wonder if there is, like you're saying, there's somewhat of a relief or a release to be able to do that. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm curious, Joey and Stefan, do you guys have any, something you found that might, might be helpful? I, I spent like the first week or so with like a with a tight chest, just re, with, when that was like in this week, constantly being like I just feel uncomfortable all the time, um, and uh, and then only later did I realize that like it was just anxiety, like like you know like it was literally just myself manifesting my own like like that was what I was feeling, but because it came along with other things, then that only heightened the anxiety and it sort of became this, 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 this circle. Yeah. It's, those are my tips. Honestly, digital thermometers are great. It's like, I can't remember the, the amount of cases that exhibit fever, but it's like in the high eighties. So like, that's a real objective indicator. And if you are feeling anxious, pop that thing in your mouth. If it comes out that you don't have a fever, you're probably okay. Get out of your head, breathe, you know? Mm. Yeah. And you all have to go at some point anyway, (laughs) relax into the possibility of death. (laughs) There's also the, you know, it's just because this particular uh, illness is currently around, there's also just other colds and other (laughs) kinds of illness. And so it's, and a lot of the symptoms overlap. And so it ends up being um, my usual go-to for anything medical related anxiety is, and this is not across the board, obviously, but generally the simpler answer is the answer. Like it's, it's not yeah. often the, like this grand epic issue. Again, obviously that happens, um, you know, but I don't know this one is a bit tricky though, because the, also the, uh, the actual infection rate is, pretty darn high so it's like a two and a half to three people per person like if you're sick Mm -hmm. you'll infect at least that many people um and so it's like a little bit i don't know but that's the whole reason about uh physical distancing yeah yeah and why that works um but yeah i don't know it's but yeah the the temperature taking is probably a good a good thing but yeah, we all, we've all had this like chest tightness and mm. which is a pretty big symptom of anxiety. I'm, I've trained for a good chunk of my life uh, to self-isolate in different ways. Uh-huh. So like I really, I do find this very, very good and helpful to be in mm-hmm. contact with people like on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. But I'm also, I'm, I'm okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm. I'm fine i'm i'm okay yeah it's you know what i suspect i even remember like when i was a kid i was very happy to play on my own like i know a lot of people need playmates and stuff and like but i could be in my imagination i could be playing legos and stuff and 
I'm capable of being social. I enjoy being like with others, but also I'm totally fine being on my own. So I wonder if like, depending on, I mean, if there's such a thing as like a introverted, extroverted set point almost, I suspect people that are a a little more, which I think Stefan, I think you really like, like that's important for you being with people and, and so on. Um, Like, I think this might be hitting people like that a little harder. Can yeah. we actually place the four of us on a continuum of extroverted to introverted? Because I think this would be this could be really exciting. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> like Stefan, I feel like you might be the most extroverted. Oh yeah. Is that fair? I, okay. Yeah, All sure. right. Okay. Well, Honestly, me, to me, me, obviously. Next. <laughs> I'm I'm <laughs> I'm not even sure. In all honesty. That, that it's that it's a spectrum. I think it might even be ah. two different scales in a way. Mm-hmm. And because I-, Ooh, I How are you seeing the scales? Like, well, like so introvert picture, and extrovert. Picture like, uh, like you're an audio technician, you've got sliding scales, yeah, yeah. right? So one is okay. labeled introvert, one is labeled extrovert. And maybe you can have, maybe you can both be both highly introverted and highly extroverted. Like, right. I, don't, I don't know, but, and the only reason I say that is I am capable and, and enjoy being with people in social right. settings, even in, in large numbers, but also I'm perfectly capable and fine and enjoy being on my own, like doing a Sudoku puzzle and reading a book, watching something, you know, on Netflix or whatever. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. You know what this time, this calls for <laughs> the lightning round. No, we're using that. That's good. That's staying in for sure. Wah, wah, wah. What is something you kind of, you know, you talked a little bit about stuff uh, in, in your story, but what is something that you, that maybe you do miss about, um, you know, just the way things were before? Um, th- and this is interesting because I think this points to both elements of like extroversion and introversion. I honestly miss one of my like super, super simple pleasures was just taking a book and going to a coffee shop and finding a corner and reading. And, and I would be immersed in my book. I'd have a little coffee and I wouldn't be talking to anyone, but, but there would still be people around me, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, there was a point where, I mean, prior to all this, I almost did that every single day. And I really miss that. Yeah, and that's the introvert's dream. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and I got to say, I, I, I did go on a walk today, you know, keeping my distance from people and so on. And it, it's not that, um, it's not that packed here, you know. Um, but I loved like just being able to smile at people and say hello and have people smile and say hello back. And like, uh, just simple comments, just noticing like, hey, it's a really nice day today, isn't it? And just that like that really brightens my day. I don't know. So you, that, that's still available. W- one thing I got to say, though, I'm becoming more and more convinced that I think we would all be better off if we wore masks, especially if you're going in like a crowded kind of a situation, you know, like grocery shopping, if you have to leave home and so on. I, I will miss like offering a smile and receiving a smile, you know? 
once this is, uh, you know, we don't know when, but once this is all over, what is the, what, what would be the first thing that you, uh, that you will go out to enjoy? Yeah, that like sense of pre-COVID-19 normalcy, you know? Yeah. That, that's something that uh, I remember Joey brought up on a previous podcast is, is that worry of down the road of being able to trust people again. And just yeah. being in public spaces and being able to not worry about, you know, that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like the and longer I, we're at this, the, the longer it'll take to get used to whatever the pre this or the post this will mm. be. Yeah, yeah. That, that's got to be it. Just simple, kind, nice interactions in public. There, there's so much even yeah. as I'm thinking about like, um humans and i mean this i'm no expert in i don't know like evolutionary biology and sociology and all this stuff but like i really think there is something to uh seeing your neighbor's face and being close to them you know in a conversation and exchanging yeah so i don't i don't know and i'm thinking about the mask thing just because i'm thinking about it for a while where i'm just becoming more and more convinced that as a short-term measure and short-term might mean six months might mean a year i don't know maybe it's something that we need, but, but if I'm projecting that far ahead, then boy, am I looking forward to the day that we get to take those things off and, and see each other's smile, offer smiles. Like I think, yeah, I think that'll be really nice if, if we end up having to wear masks for a while. My, my question is actually not on the list of normal questions, but it's one that I've gotten uh, somewhat interested in and I feel like you're going to have a good answer for it, Rob. Um, which, so, I was thinking about this recently because uh, like on Tuesday or Wednesday, I think it was Tuesday, there was like an earthquake in Idaho. Oh. Uh, and so then there was like fear that the earthquake was going to become, was, was, gonna, was, was actually a response for, to the Yellowstone National Park, like a volcano going off, which obviously everyone's like considers like a thing. And so like, it, which led me to the question, which is a very normal question to have, I think, uh, how much more would have to happen for you to start believing that we might be in the biblical end times? Like, like what, what would have yeah. to occur, you know, like for you to be like, maybe they were right. You know, yeah. like what's the, what, what's the number? Like, like, like to uh, me, to me, it's like, you know, like, I, actually, no, I won't judge your, my answer by so what's your answer? That question. Well, that's interesting. And you know, and, and I know, so I think all of us are, the four of us here and a lot of listeners are concerned about climate change say, and I know you, Stefan, and, and myself, mm -hmm. we spent a long time and still do trying to address climate change. I think for me, and I think there's, there's a bunch of parallels and people have written about it, but like the, some of the like middle range scenarios, and then especially the worst case scenarios from climate change, you know, if we don't really shape up, are, are kind of like outside the realm of what we know, what we've ever known. And it's, it's hard to imagine that. So it becomes like, like it, surely, surely these predictions, I, I can't believe these predictions, right? Like this, however many feet rise in sea level and this and that. Um, but I think the, the more that these events happen, like a pandemic that like, think of where we were just a few months ago, right? Now we're, zooming we're like mostly spending our times indoors you know you're very careful about going to the grocery store if you're even going to the grocery store at all like maybe some people are getting it delivered now i i think maybe one good thing 
is this sort of an event can maybe like create more of a space in our imagination for like, oh boy, things that I've taken for granted, like things that I've known to be true for my whole entire life, you know, maybe that's not how things might continue. And if, if you're privileged enough to have been born past a certain year and, and in a certain part of the world, like I, and I think I suspect most of us in this call probably never known like real collective hardship. So, so it's like, it's conceivable that like someone might be like, Oh no, that's a hoax or, Oh, you know, you guys are exaggerating some of these risks, but I don't know. My hope for what it's worth is, um, is this will kind of maybe shake us up in, in a positive way to then maybe take some of these risks a bit more seriously. And I don't know if that's answering your question entirely. Like how many of these things do we need to go through? Hopefully not too many, but this thing I think is, is shaking us up in a big way and will continue to. So I got to say, I'm optimistic. I, I think there's something better on the other side of this mm. and it's sad. So you don't think we're in end times? I don't think we're in end times. I think okay. it's, it's sad that like, we're going to go through a period where, where people are dying and will continue to die. And like, we're living through a real tragedy, but, but I'm optimistic that there's something good on the other side of this. Like, I think there has to be, I think there has to be, I don't think you can go through something like this, like globally. Right. And, and not reevaluate things, you know? What point do you think that positive reframing can happen? Like, and I mean, I mean it like not as like we're talking about this and speculating and entertaining the idea of it being positive, but like at what point do you think and what would have to happen? Is that too big a question? I don't know. Um, For that to take shape, like that kind of perspective on a big scale where people are like, we're going to make something good out of this. Like, I don't know the answer to that question, but I suspect it's happening right now, like, through a forced retreat, you know, like we put a lot of things kind of on hold for a while. We've retreated from a lot of, mm. a lot of what was normal, what was the status quo. And it, I think it'd be almost impossible or virtually impossible for someone to not be affected by this and, and like rethink things to a degree, you know, and like yeah. what's going through different people's minds is going to vary. But, um, yeah, I, I think we're in a, I don't know if like to call it like a gestational period or something, but we're definitely in a period of some, something on the other side of this will be birth that's different than, you know, how things were before. And I, I don't know what it is about like, because you could, you could say, uh, people talk about um, disaster capitalism or shock, help me out, shock doctrine theory, all that stuff. And like, mm. maybe things might come out for the worse. But, and I got to, I'm going to preface this by saying I am, I am a cynic. I am, I am not an optimistic person at all, but for whatever reason. Oh, I I feel like you're in good company. (laughs) Yeah. For whatever reason, I feel like there is something better on the other side of this, you know? Yeah. I will say, as you were saying that I was remembering, and I, I think I personally need to hold on to this kind of stuff a bit more during this time, but one of the things that I find really inspiring is how quickly so much manufacturing has been able to turn over and actually start making things that we need in this current time. And, and like in less than a couple of weeks, entire factory systems have switched over. Like, Mm -hmm. Oh, you used to make vodka. Okay. Now you're making hand sanitizer. Like what? (laughs) 
it's it's incredible. It's actually kind of incredible. I think it is even like imagine if we had this conversation a few months ago or even a year ago, and if you were to say, yeah, government would be issuing orders to stay indoors and like largely right. would follow that. Sure, we can all point to the odd exception, but I think for the most part, people are abiding by these things. Like, can we do that? I'm sure there would be a conversation like, no, we would never do that. Mm-hmm. But now like, th- to me, this is evidence of when faced with something dire enough, like, yeah, we can come together. We can all get on the same page. We can all engage in like, you know, in this case, it's behavioral change. There's got to be some some shifts in like manufacturing what we do. And like, if you look at climate change, there's there's a lot of that. Like we need to make mm-hmm. things differently. We need to act differently. And uh, like after lobbying governments for years and always hearing objections like, from government, oh, people would never do this, people would never do that. I'm like, well, I don't know. I think this is evidence of the When contract. you're forced to. Yeah. But, but, but even like, 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 I'll leave it at this because I feel like we should probably end this. We'll be oh very- yeah, are we on a podcast? Uh, yeah. Long uh, lightning round. Yeah, long lightning round, not so lightning. Um, but, but what I will oh, say- Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> Thank you, thank you. Um, what, I, what I will say is that I, what it has done, I think a lot of ways is to put, put the lie to a lot of the talking points about what is and is not pot. Like mm. the fact that the com- biggest complaint about any sort of say, you know, green new deal or sort of actual effort in climate change was that it's too expensive. And then, and then within minutes, the U S treasury finds $2 trillion to throw into the, to throw into the fire pit that is their economy mm. right now, you know, sort of is like, well, what if like that money clearly is there? Everyone has now seen the ability for the government to take a level of action that is astronomically large in comparison to our GDP. And, and it's sort of hard now, I'd be very hard pressed to come back and be like, but that's not possible again. It's why we're like, yeah, just literally saw it occur. Yeah. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I think all we need to do is make the, impacts of climate change uh, a little closer, make, make them feel a little more salient in our day-to-day. And boy, have I got an idea to that end. <laughs> well, uh, thanks, thanks for coming on the podcast there, Rob. Hey, uh, my pleasure. Can I also quickly recommend, everybody needs to download the app Libby. With Libby, you can then download audiobooks from the Toronto Public Library. I currently am listening to uh, the first Harry Potter, and I swear to God, it's perfect escapism. You'll, you, it's like a time warp to your childhood. That's another tip. Um, download that app, get free audiobooks, and escapism is good. You need that too. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Visit storieswedonttell.org and like our Facebook page for more information about our monthly events. And for more stories, check out our book, available anywhere books are sold. This episode of Stories in Hotel Podcast is brought to you by Libby. Download the Libby app and get audiobooks from the Toronto Public Library, such as the Harry Potter series. <laughs>